Welcome to the Fairview Church Podcast. At Fairview Church, we are dedicated to reaching our neighbors with the true freedom found in full surrender to Christ. To find out more about our church, including service times, location, and current sermon series, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org. This week, as you heard our kids sing, we had a theme verse and Ephesians 2.10 was that verse. And so if we have kids in the room, can you join me in saying our verse out loud? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. I'm not going to sing it because I love you all, but now it's in my head. And so it was great, but loved hearing that every night and getting our kids just to know and understand the truth of scripture. And so that was the verse we focused on through the week of Vacation Bible School. And so that's what we're going to focus on this morning. Now, because I can't help myself, we're going to go through the passage that leads up to this verse to really understand the fullness of what it is saying to us. And so first, uh, our, our sermon, by the way, will be all P's today, all P words. First, we're going to consider the path. And in verse 1, Paul begins by writing about the former condition. He says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. Now, the idea I want us to see here is walking, that we were walking on a path, and that's the language Paul is using. This week, I walked with my group. I was part of the red team. We sat right here. And my group was the photographers. And so it was a lot of fun and really got to know uh, our group of kids and leaders better. But one thing that we did a lot of this week was walking. So we would have our rally in here and hold up the sign, walk back to the Bible lesson. And then we would walk from there out to our games outside and in the warehouse. Then we would walk from there over to our missions time. And then we would walk from our missions time to a craft. If you've ever walked trying to lead a group of young kids anywhere, you know how chaotic that is. Now imagine 120 other kids that are occupying a lot of the same places at the same time. It's interesting, and so it's a miracle every time we got anywhere, and we had, thankfully, we made it all through the week with all of our kids. But when you're walking and you're leading kids in that example, I think there's, a, there's this picture of what Paul is describing here, that there is this following a path and following a leader. And Paul, to describe this way of walking or this path, he uses three words and, and concepts that he uses over and over And those are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, he refers to them through a little bit of a different terminology, but that's what he's describing. So whenever we're talking about kind of the way of this world, as Paul says, all of these elements are involved. And so there is this power that's 
over the prince of the power of the air is what Paul says. So this power that's over the world and that is the devil. And then he says there is this worldly system that exists. It's all of these people kind of out there living in the same way. But then it gets personal because it's our own flesh. It's our own, he says, desires, the desires of the flesh and the mind and the things that we have these appetites for and desires for that can get broken and and ultimately lead us into sin. And so all of this comes together to describe this path or this way of living. Now, he says that this is kind of the heading in trespasses and sins. Now, it's interesting in the Old Testament, there is a trespass offering and there is a sin offering and those are different and there are different specifications for that and so I'm not gonna spend all of the time that I could walking through this but what is does anybody have a no trespass sign on their property anywhere okay we've got a few has anyone ever crossed a no trespassing sign on someone else's property Okay, there's a few more hands. Appreciate your honesty as well. Yeah, there's like, for a kid, that's like a magnet. It's like, okay, we need to be on that property, whatever that is. Now, we understand the idea of trespassing. It's crossing these boundaries that are in place. Now, why, for those of you who have a no trespassing sign, do you put that sign on your property? What do you not want to happen? You don't want people to damage your property or your person, right? That's why you put those signs up is you don't want that to take place. And this is the idea largely of trespassing in the Old Testament is it's the idea of God's ownership. Now we talked last week with the screw tape letters that the way the enemy works is to try to get us to think we are the owners of our time and our bodies and our lives. And so we live with this entitlement mentality. That's why we're so cranky and upset all the time. But in truth, who owns all of it? God, right? There we go. And that is the mentality that the scriptures have. God owns us. He owns the people around us. He owns the world around us. And yet, when we follow this pathway of disobedience, this pathway of the world, the flesh, and the devil, we are damaging ourselves. When we're crossing all these boundaries, we're not living the way we're designed to live. We're damaging the people around us. Right? We're not representing those boundaries, so we're hurting and, and destroying the people around us. And then the larger creation. We're doing all of this damage and destruction. Again, just like no trespassing on your property. And the idea of God as the owner of this is that because of that, if you do damage and someone, someone actually finds out who did it, what do you have to do? You have to repay that, right? Someone's got to pay for it. That's the idea. That's why they're going to bring you into court or whatever that looks like. And, and there is this mentality in scripture of because God's the owner of everything, there is this debt that is owed. And a trespass offering in the Old Testament involved monetary payment. And that was something that was unique. There was the animal element, but there was also a monetary element. And, and included in this was also a monetary payment to the, the person who you damaged. But that's the idea with trespasses. There's damage done, and so therefore there is a debt that is owed, and that has to be paid. And ultimately, that is to the owner who is God. Now, sin is another component, and again, I won't go into this at length, but the issue with sin is not just the things that you do, but it also comes to who you are. And there is this impurity that's tied to sin, and 
This is where blood is involved, to purify or to cleanse. And so the issue with both of them is that they separate you from God. Does that make sense? That's the, on both levels, trespass and sin is living in a way that is walking away from God. You're walking away from God's presence, and this was represented from the Israelite standpoint with both the tabernacle and the temple. Where was the center of God's presence in the tabernacle and the temple? The Holy of Holies. That's the center of God's presence. That is the, also the source of life, right? That's there. And from that, you have further divisions and distances from God at some level. And the further you get away, think about it this way, the further you get away from the source of life, what do you get? More and more what? Death. Now, that's not how we often think, but that's, that's represented here. And, and there is a system in place because of impurity and trespass and then ultimately in the Israelite system, nationality, there are these disconnections from God. More and more distant from God. Does that make sense? And so in one sense, you're more and more dead. There's more and more uh, separation that's there. And there's a system in place, right, that has to care for that. But that is what we're seeing in this is we are on a path... We're on a road, it's leading away from God, and we're never staying stagnant. We're moving consistently. And so from the trespass standpoint, we're racking up more and more debt, right? From the sin standpoint, we're getting, we're getting more and more separated from God. And this is where this is heading ultimately. Does that make sense? That's the path that we're on and the nuances that Paul is using to describe this. Now, secondly, we're going to see not just the path, but the pardon. And God gets involved. There is no way for us, we're just on this path, it's how we just assume things work, and yet God intervenes. But God who is what? Rich in mercy. And I want us to focus on that word rich because of his great love that he had for us. I want us to focus on that great love. Now, do you know anybody who is really rich? Maybe. (laughs) If a person is really rich, what does that mean? Well, all of us are rich. We've talked about that by the world standards. And yet there are certain people who have significant excess. That's kind of the concept here. And God has incredible excess. He's incredibly rich when it comes to mercy. And I believe there's a way Paul is tying to this in Christ, to the fact that we owe this debt, right, because of our trespasses, And yet God is rich in mercy, and ultimately through Christ, he is able to pay that debt. But he's also great in what? Love. He's great in love. Now, my brother is getting married in two weeks. And so we were yesterday uh, on, on a boat with Owens, and my brother and his fiance and our family. And guess what my brother and his fiance do a lot. They cuddle. <laughs> right? Because when you're in love, what do you want to do? You want to be with someone, right? Love? Do you, does love enjoy separation? No. Right? You want to be with somebody. And I think there's this expression of love removes separation. He's in Huntsville. She's 
in Nashville, what are they going to do? They're going to remove that separation, right? They're going to be in the same place. And I think there is this, this connection here to God doing in Christ, in his life, death, and resurrection, the work to remove this separation. And so here's what I think we're meant to see is that God, out of his rich mercy and great love, pays our debt and pulls us close. Does that make sense? And in that effect, in the, all this is through Christ, he is enabling us to be with who? With him, right? And, and this, is what we're, this is what we're seeing in this text. And he made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. So we were in this place of death in our trespasses, but now we are saved by grace and we are made alive with Christ. This is what we picture in baptism, is that we are being united with Christ. We are united with his life and we are united with his death on the cross for our sins. And then we are united with his resurrection. And so now, guess what? We are resurrected. We are living in this new resurrection, this new creation life, united with Christ. He picks this idea again in verse eight. For you're saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works so that no one can boast. He is getting very clearly the idea, and and we all need to understand this. You don't deserve this. You didn't earn this. At any level, this is a free gift of God through Christ that you simply receive by faith. Now, this week in game time with the team, we had a bunch of guys get together and some of the games were pretty competitive. And guess what happens when competitive kids win a game? Maybe not just kids, maybe just people. Not saying that I got involved in any of that, but what do you do? You boast, right? That's what we celebrate. We, we are flaunting, right, our abilities and what we've accomplished. And there is a way in which this is present. And, and I'm, I'm trying to make the connection, not saying that, not trying to point out the kids who celebrate. But the point is, is that in the kingdom of God, there's no room for boasting. Does that make sense? In the kingdom of God, in this new creation that came about through the resurrection of Christ, we only get in by grace. It's only by trusting in, not what we've done, but what Jesus has done for us. We're putting our trust, we're putting the weight of our trust entirely on Jesus, entirely on what he has done for us. And that is what should shape us, right? It should shape us into people who are humble, who are gracious. It should shape us into people who who don't boast or don't see ourselves as somehow better than others based on these standards. So this is this this new way that we live and it is expressed through pardon, pardon. Third and finally is through partnership, through partnership. And we see, we're gonna jump back just a little bit to verse six. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in where? In the heavens, in Christ Jesus. Spiritually, so we had seven kids, I think, that said trusted in 
Jesus as their Savior, their Lord, their King. And what we encourage them with is that spiritually, you are now where? And this is, this is still one of those things that is mind-blowing. But where are you? Spiritually. You're with Christ. And where is he? Right? He's in the heavenly holy of holies. He is in the heavenly sanctuary. And this is where, right, we have this position. And what I want us to, to understand about this is that we have access to the presence of God. We have access to the presence of God. And this is, this is amazing. And Hebrews talks about this a lot. Like, we should go with boldness. We should live with this sense of, of confidence, not in ourselves again, but in God's presence with us. And, and joyfully think about his presence. That everywhere we go, that we are in the presence of God. That he is providing out of his gracious abundance. And yet, physically, we're still on earth. And this is where I think he's going to lead in verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Now, for our kids who are here this week, what was our motto? What's the first? Created. Design. Empowered, right? And this is all coming from this verse, that in Christ, when you put your faith in Christ, you're united with him, you can become part of this new creation kingdom. You are a new creation. You are created in Christ. And you are, in a new way, designed for a purpose, for his purposes. And he gives spiritual gifts, right? He gives us gifts by his spirit to be used for his purposes. And you are also... Empowered by what? The Holy Spirit that is within you. And Miss Glinda is the best Bible teacher ever. Like, she's unreal. And, and there you are, right here, Miss Glinda. So thankful uh, for her and just the way that God has gifted her. And so I am, I am, I am, this morning I'm stealing from you, okay? So I didn't get your permission, but you can be upset at me later. But she used the example for this of a flashlight. And I don't know if you know, Wiley, that she took your flashlight, but she did. And she had a flashlight, and she was trying to turn it on, but it didn't have batteries. And guess what? It didn't work. She put the batteries in the flashlight, and she just held it. Now, is the purpose of a flashlight just to have batteries in it? No. So there's this empowerment of batteries that's in the flashlight, but is that the purpose? The purpose is to what? To shine the light, right? And this is biblical language. And that's the idea. The spirit is in us, not just so we can feel good about that or have this, okay, we're going to heaven someday. No, it's this purpose of, of empowering us to shine this light, to accomplish here and now the purposes of God. And, and this is very much what, what Paul is leading us to see, that this is this new way of empowered living. It's a new path. That we're walking. It's a, a new way of living. We used to live, here, which is what I think Paul would have us see. We used to live in a way that was destructive. I have three young boys. I know what that word means. At all levels, we used to live in a way of trespasses that was destroying ourselves, that destroyed others, that destroyed the world around us. That was how we used to live. But now, 
We are called to a new way to turn away from that way, turn back. This is what the word repent means. And to live in a way that is constructive. Does that make sense? We were breaking down. Now we're building up. We're accomplishing these purposes of God, of, of, of bringing his blessing and his presence and his purposes and his love and his peace. All of these realities into the world around us. We are no longer living in a way, following a path that's destructive, but one that is constructive. And, and this, is, this is where, again, we have to see that, we, how did we do anything to deserve this gift? This freedom from this way of life that we were on to come back to this one. No, and so just as we've been given freely, we now give freely. There is a, again, to go back to the screw tape, because for me, I have to be around it. Screw tape, the, the demon in C.S. Lewis's book, says you got to convince everybody that they are the law, when they wake up in the morning, they are the lawful possessors of those 24 hours. As long as you can convince people you're the lawful possessor of these 24 hours, you got them kicked, right? You got them beat. And so every morning, we have, no, I'm not the lawful possessor of these 24 hours, right? I wake up in the morning not living for me, that person died in the waters, right? But living for Christ and for his purposes in the world. And what I am invited to do, and I think this is, this is something that we just don't see. I'm invited to partner with God in the work that he is doing for his kingdom. I love involving my boys in things that I'm doing. Judson is almost 11, August 22nd. This week, he's gonna turn 11. Oh, I'm sorry, not this week. This week is my anniversary. Anyway. She's, I don't know what she's doing. August 22nd, it's coming up. And uh, I knew there was something that was coming up. And uh, I'm thankful for, now I told you guys I'm thankful for my wife at any point very and um, so he's going to be loving and, and so there's more things that was the way I was going there's more things that he's able to do with me and that's fun right now when your 11 year old son are you sitting there just pointing out all of the little things that you know you would do differently or whatever you enjoy their presence you enjoy their involvement you enjoy this participation right and it's the same with with marriage that, that we enjoy being together and doing things together. And, and, and I think this is what we're meant to see, that God is now as his children in Christ is inviting us to partner with him, to participate with the work that he is doing for his kingdom, of seeing his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And there's unique ways, again, in which he's gifted us and, and he's equipped us. And, and, and as, we, as we offer those to him and join in his work, there's enjoyment in that, of doing it with us. But it's a new way of walking. It's a new way of walking. Last year, I was not, when I think about walking, thinking about walking with my sign, leading my group of VBS kiddos. Uh, but I actually, last year, around this time, was learning how to walk again. Uh, so I had this, this battle with neuroendocrine cancer, ended up leading to this major surgery, and I couldn't walk. And so uh, <laughs> my coach, Crystal, was helping with this, but we were in a hospital, or Matt went through this as well. Uh, has anybody ever had to go through that process of like 
coming out of surgery and having to learn like how to get your body to walk? Anybody? That's an odd experience as an adult, right? Because you, like I've walked with, I've, my three kids have learned how to walk. This has been a long time. But now you're in this new process of having to learn how to walk again. And your body doesn't want to do what you want it to do. And I had this machine that I was hold, like leaning on and had all these cords and stuff pumping me with all kinds of good things. And, and it was, you know, keeping me going and vitals. And then I had my wife, Jill, who was like helping me walk. And so we did laps around this hospital floor, right? Very slow, no pictures. <laughs> you know, you got your robe and your sock booty things. And... And yet you're, it's so weird. It's just so, you're learning how to walk again as an adult. And I think that's what we're called to in this way, is to learn how to walk again following Jesus. And that's, and that's the invitation, right? That's, but guess what? We don't do it alone. So I was leaning on that walker. And we lean on the spirit of God. We're dependent on God to provide for us because if he doesn't come through, like it's not gonna work. And yet there's also other people that have their own gifts and they're helping us and we're helping one another. But this is, this is what we're called to be as the church is to join together in dependence on the spirit of God, learning how to walk again in the way that Jesus is our, our chief shepherd, right? Is leading us to walk. And that's, that's what we're called to. And there's joy in that. There's purpose in that. Right? But that's it. And so this is where I want to just kind of bring this home. I want to encourage us to consider two ways of doing this, of walking in this way. First, for the, starting today, we're going to have these 21 days of impact. And so for 21 days, we're going to provide content. And from the biblical standpoint, we're going to look a lot at Psalm 23. There's so much there. What does it mean for the Lord to really be my shepherd? To really have everything that I need? That, the, that I do not lack anything? And walking all through that. What does it mean that, that, this is, that this is the life, the way I'm actually called to live? And then we're going to have other stories and, and elements, scriptures through, through that. But we, want to, we want that to be impact to you, providing this. And so if you haven't already, you can register participate in that, but also impact through you. And we're going to have service opportunities with organizations we partner with in our community. These are not major level, uh, you know, commitments, but opportunities to serve over these 21 days. And we'd love for you to be part of this impact through us collectively, this, this joining in God's work in our community. But also, and, and I just want to give all of the encouragement imploring, whatever word, if you are part of this church family and you are not regularly serving in the ministry, I would so encourage you to serve in our kids' ministry in one way or another. And, and I know there are need for community group leaders specifically, but there's all kinds of ways you can be involved. And so Beck Jones and some folks from our kids' ministry are going to be in the back uh, as you walk out the room. And if you even just want to ask about what those opportunities might be, again, varying levels. But this is such an incredible opportunity for us. This is, this is at, as the people of God, the purpose of raising up the next generation is so crucial. 
It's so core. And, and again, this is partnering with God. This is partnering with his work. Just like last week. In many ways, this last week is such a beautiful picture of the church, of people all coming together. We're serving together, using gifts, enjoying fellowship, right? And, and doing all, and, and focusing on seeing these kids come to know and follow Jesus. And I think that is, we can't do that every week, right? We can't, there's no way. But in large scale, that's, that's a picture of what we're called. And so I would so love to see, again, as many of you as possible involved in that ministry. I'm so thankful for the generosity of so many who gave more than Starbucks to contribute to this family ministry project, who gave a lot financially. And this week, the kids loved it. My kids were just lit up and, and Jack found out that only he was the one who was able to play in there this week. And so he woke up the second morning and said, I'm going to play, what did he call it? But the, but the brothers aren't, <laughs> right? He was boasting. He was going to get to play in there and the brothers weren't. But they love it and it was so incredible to see that. And so thank you so much for the way you gave faithfully and generously to that. I know God's going to continue to use that environment. I would continue to ask, can we express that generosity in serving? Again, in being involved in this ministry. Um, but finally, as we close, we're going to have a picture of using bodies and gifts uh, to serve. And so we have a group of our girls who went to Centricid Camp this summer. And uh, they were focused on, on this very thing, this very purpose. And one of the track times they worked on was sign language and learning to sign a song in particular. And it's a, it's a wonderful song. But I think it's just a picture of these girls using their gifts, their bodies uh, to serve the Lord and ultimately to serve us this morning. So you guys come up now and I'll pray. Father, we're thankful that you did not leave us on this road, this way, this path of destruction and ultimately death, but you rescued us in Christ, our great shepherd who came for us as sheep, who gave his life on the cross to pay for our sins rose from the dead so we could live new lives, these new creation lives, lives in your kingdom, these lives of joy and purpose, of empowerment. And so Lord, we pray that we as a church would not settle for anything less than that, than living out the purposes that you have, as as new creations in Christ, that you have called us to, to accomplish the purposes of your kingdom here on earth, And so in all of this, again, we we just want to see Jesus lifted high and magnified and made great. I thank you for so many who have given their time, their energy, their money towards this purpose. And Lord, we pray that this this would just be a work that continues. And so now even use these girls and their gifts to serve us as your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Fairview Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org.